Here's what I'm thinking because I also have a cold open. I never do. But just this once, I found a clip that's perfect. Cool. So I'm going to play your cold open, and then I'm going to play my cold open, and then we're going to open. Perfect. But uh, we're going to dive right into this. You know, no sense in wasting time because this is pretty crucial, and I want to talk about it because it is a topic of discussion. People are talking about it. It's going crazy on Twitter. I'm not sure what that means. All right, that's a pretty good cold open. Here's what I have for you. The point of the show is this boomer guy named Carl sits down with a podcast and he takes about like a dozen mildly embarrassing clips of a show and then he plays them out of context and then he plays a bunch of Family Guy soundboard clips at the end of it. Yeah, That sounds like great humor, great mm-hmm. content creation. It's showtime. W-A-T-P! W-A-T-P! Hello, bag slappers and cousaroos. Welcome to another episode of Who Are These Podcasts? The only show made specifically for my friend, Drew Lane. With me this week, fan favorite, Croge! Hello! Welcome back to the show, Croge. Thanks for having me. Please go to whoarethese.com to get our email address, voicemail number, link to our subreddit, link to our Discord server, link to our merchandise, and of course, that link to our Patreon Mm-hmm. Coach, we got to record another bonus episode this month. Yeah. Are you in for that? Oh, hell yeah. Count me in. Because I got to tell you what happened to me this week. I'm looking at last night, all the things that I want to talk about on the show today. And I realized that there's way too much. I can't put it all into one show, but some of it's time sensitive. Yeah. So I feel like I have to talk about it. And then I realized, okay, we got to just do a bonus show. Yeah. Because there's just too much shit. So maybe I'll get Andy and you and the three of us can come on and talk about, I have all these things that people are telling me I got to talk about with our friend Seamus. Mm. We got to get caught up there. So we'll, we'll do a bonus real soon. Beautiful. We also encourage our listeners to give us a five-star review on iTunes and then shit all over us in the comments section. <laughs> Today we'll be reviewing a podcast called The Roth Show. Mm. This was a suggestion from Drew Lane from the Drew and Mike Show. Kroge and I have both listened to the show separately we have not discussed it with each other beforehand. Let's get into it. The Roth Show is a podcast hosted by a man named David Lee Roth. Mm-hmm. Familiar with this person? Oh, am I ever. You know about David Lee Roth? I want to know what is the clip that you have that sums up the show for you. Number one. Okay, the only one who has the imminent distinction this time in Las Vegas, baby, is me, because I'm opening on Elvis's birthday. Let's let the poetry of that sink in. Wow, guitars damage lives on the road to ruin. And this road leads to Vegas, baby! It's going to be a party, and it's your turn, darling. It couldn't have happened, but it did. It's 40 minutes of that. It's 40 minutes 40 of that. 40 fucking minutes of that. There's no difference. You can pop it. You can put the needle down on the record anywhere. Yep. And that's what it will sound like. Yep. I didn't realize how tinny and garbagey it sounded. That's unpleasant to my ears. Yeah, it's awful. Not only what he's saying, but also how he's saying it. Yeah. And then it's it's interrupted every four minutes with bumpers like that. And they're they're infinite. They just go on and on. They're completely nonsensical. It's... Well, well, this whole podcast is just promoting... The shows he's doing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I went back and listened to some episodes before the latest episode. Mm-hmm. And it's all just talking about, I'm going to be in Las Vegas. I'm going to be playing these shows. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because 
He's not doing a residency, but he kind of is. He's at the House of Blues for a week or two, I think. And it turns out it's the start of a tour, and I can't wait to talk about that. But let's let's talk about the podcast first. Let's get into the podcast. His favorite topic on the David Lee Roth show is how great David Lee Roth is. Ow. Try my number four. You got it, buddy. I hope you don't get distracted by David D. Roth drops because there's going to be a bunch of them going on throughout this show. And you can stop lying because I led an entire generational prison break right out the door. And their and their sons and daughters, if you don't know me, your dad and your mom and your stepmom and your other dad do. So stop lying. This guy was famous for five years back in the fucking 70s. Hold and on. he won't shut fuck up. I want to point something out. Of the two of us, I'm the bigger David Lee Roth fan. I would say the only David Crozier Lee Roth is fan. not a fan of David Lee Roth. No, he's you can't terrible. say he was only famous for five years in the 70s. What other years? He had a whole career in the 80s. He got kicked the fuck out of Van Halen. And then started the Soul Project. Where he had was one, huge. Where he had one hit that was a Beach Boys cover. California Girls? Yeah. What about I Ain't Got Nobody? That's also a cover. What about This Must Be Just Like Living in Paradise? I've never even heard of that one. Yes, you have. Let's talk about how this guy oversells himself. Oh, boy. So he's talking about his Vegas show. Mm-hmm. And I, he's selling it really hard. Like, this is going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I've seen David Lee Roth with Van Halen. Oh, I enjoy David Lee Roth. Oh. But... Come the fuck on. Everybody looks forward to do the residency because then you can fine-tune the show. Then you can fine-tune the sound. Then you can fine-tune the visual. I'm bringing more than one of everything. I'm going to redo it the way we did it with the wall. I want to hear the way they do it when they bring the orchestra for Star Wars. So what he's saying is his show is going to sound as good as an orchestra laying down a movie score. Oh, yeah. And be as visually appealing as Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, perfect. I mean, I don't know. You might be setting the expectations a little <laughs> bit fucking high there, DLR. Yeah. There's a really good chance it doesn't live up to those expectations. The Wall was performed in, what, four cities and lost them millions of dollars because of the fucking work they put into that shit? Yeah. This guy's just like, I'll probably just recreate that. Plus, it'll be like a symphony. Plus, like, all right. Yeah. You'll probably just be a lounge act, which is what you've become. <laughs> Let's talk about what this really is. Yeah, I mean, if if, uh, if you want to keep going about his ego, my number five is beautiful. And I became a millionaire rock star. And those kids threw their hands up and laughed. They had no idea who I was. But they knew that job description. Mm-hmm. And I paid for burgers that night. That's in my voice. And I know that, like, it sounds like this is out of context. But I promise you, if I gave you the five minutes before and the five minutes afterwards, it still would be out of context. And so what do you say that? I put, I put in my notes over here. A lot of times we take things out of context. Mm-hmm. There is no context. Oh, my God. There is zero context. So whenever you hear him utter whatever nonsense he's uttering, that's how it comes out in the show. Yeah. And I have examples of him cracking himself up <laughs> Yeah. with jokes that I can't make heads or tails of. Here's mm-hmm. one example of that. Why are dogs so much more popular than kitty cats? Both are available in Las Vegas. Oh, that sounded so wrong. And so is that kind of humor. What kind of humor? Yeah. What's he talking about? Both kitty cats and dogs are available in Las Vegas? Whoa, don't go there. What? Yeah. Um, he, he tells a great story. This is my number 14. He goes as a as a kid to buy a record that's called Um Um Um. 
Ah, yes, I listened to this too. That was uh, that was my first uh, collision, cultural collision. Do you have um 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 um? And she said, "Yes, I do, do, do." And took me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Oh, that story happened when he was 12. Yes. And he's a 70 year old man still cracking up about still it. Still cracking <laughs> up about it. <laughs> All right, so this is another example of him cracking himself up, and I just can't figure out why. Sort of like if somebody said to you, okay, I'm going to say the Pledge of Allegiance as fast as I can, and I want you to memorize as much of it as you possibly can. Ready? Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. <laughs> it's like taking a math test. 12 plus 3, 9 plus 12, 12 plus 18 equals... There are folks like Bill Gates who can do that. <laughs> Bill Gates can <laughs> Two, There's a lot of folks who can do that. Sub-20, two-digit numbers? Good you, fucking Lord. You don't have to have started Windows and Office to know how to add up 12 and 3. Uh, uh. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you go back and you listen to records of George Carlin and his prime. It's mostly, mostly math problem jokes. <laughs> I was actually thinking that you do not like that sound. No, I was actually thinking it's more like Gallagher type of humor. <laughs> Why does comb not rhyme with bomb? Uh, there's my, a one, one, two. There's no <laughs> one, one, one. Uh, he actually tells a halfway decent joke, I'm going to say, my number 15. All right. And instead of Schaefer, I had Edgar Winter. Edgar is an albino. He is he's completely white, uh, white skin, white hair, etc. And I walked up to him today, what would be considered very insensitive. I walked up to Edgar and I said to him, Edgar, lighten up. And they fired me for that. So <laughs> That's not a joke. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Agreed. Oh, also, shit. we understand he's light-skinned, but no one's going to fire you for saying lighten up <laughs> to someone. Edgar Renner has never heard an albino joke before, I'm sure. I want to point out the fact that at this stage in his career, mm-hmm. David Lee Roth is ready to go to be a wound-jacked residency in Las Vegas, which, by the way, is the end of your career. By definition. Yeah. But he explains that he's totally prepared for this. I didn't have to buy anything. I already own the wardrobe. I am Vegas. I include rock and roll. I include country. I include pretty much anything y'all dancing to. Like This is what he's been gearing oh, up his God. entire career for. <clears throat> to be relevant enough to play in Vegas six nights a week. His, like, literally his only topic is, this is how great I am. Now... I, I don't know if you knew this, Carl, but David Lee Roth, who does not play an instrument, his solos are the Beatles, number six. My solos are like the Beatles. You can hum along with them. And when it came to a drift and Eddie couldn't figure out a way, that's my expertise. So I'm the expert who taught Eddie Van Halen how to play a guitar solo like the Beatles. Holy shit. All right. Yeah, that makes perfect fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, didn't he take credit for the guitar solo in Running with the Devil? Yeah. Oh, he, there's nothing he won't take credit for. That's He's amazing. the guy that taught Michael Anthony to go bop. It's fucking amazing. He's like, Michael, what have you tried this? Don't hit different notes. Yeah, just Just that one. No. And do that for three and a half minutes. No change. No frets. Frets are for losers. Oh, fuck. Um, But his music, this is number seven. His music is a, yeah, just play it. I don't fucking care. And playing this kind of music is a super specialty. It's like artisanal small blend scotch. 
The guy that came up with the fucking amazing lyric, I'm hot for teacher, is like a fine artisanal fucking ah, stuff. Ah, Thank very highly of himself. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you on that one. This will be the last one I play out of my Ego series. Okay. My fucking kids love this one. Okay. This, number 10, and he's not joking. This is, he's dead serious about this. Um, when I walk by, small children stop crying. Young house pets inexplicably obey your every command. Women feel desirable, and all men see me as a brother. He's serious. Oh, yes, he is. He's dead serious about that. This is who David Lee Roth is. And by the way, I want to point out, because I'm not going to let that slide by. You said he doesn't play guitar. Are you familiar with the song Ice Cream Man off of Van Halen 1? I am certainly not. Yes, you are. How dare you? I like how you start playing dumb all of a sudden. (laughs) Van Halen never heard of him. What are you talking about? Oh, I heard lots of them. That's why I fucking hate him. He played the acoustic guitar part on Ice Cream Man. Now, I understand it's a 1-4-5 progression. It might not seem that impressive. He also had it tuned to an open tuning. But... (laughs) Still, he played that guitar part. He's like the guy that plays with his feet. Well, it's an open E. He just strung yeah, it. Yeah, that's not that If he had arms, he would suck at guitar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you... I know you're going to come out here and bash veterans. Why can't I bash homeless people without yeah, arms? Fuck them. All right. This is the other thing that he talks about with being prepared to play in Vegas. And he's very excited about the fact that he is ready to go for this residency. Many of my fellow artists went out and bought some new shoes. I already own the shoes. I spent $14,000 on a bass drum microphone. <laughs> David, you got ripped off, my friend. You spent $14,000 on a microphone? That's not a good purchase decision. Well, I know when, when Carl's playing me a track, he's like, hey, check out this new band. My first question is always, well, how much did they spend on the bass drum mic? Well, we're talking about the House of Blues. <laughs> They have a bass mic. It's a venue. You don't need to purchase one. You think they got an SM57 set of for them? I think they're ready to go with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's just not that much nuance to his music. I think that was the point you were trying to make earlier. <laughs> this is not an artisanal batch scotch that we're talking about. Yeah. There's not a lot of nuance. Every single song has about the same beats per minute. It's about 90 to 120. Yeah. And they're fun songs. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. But let's not pretend that he's reinventing anything here. Yeah. Wait, a rock and roll song about getting laid? Whoa, that's new territory. He does opine that he invented the style of rock and roll that became popular in the late 70s and 80s. I actually blame Van Halen for most of the bullshit from the 80s. And he also says that when people say party like a rock star, they're <laughs> referring to David Lee Roth. Of course they are. Of course they are. <sighs> and I also want to point out the fact that he's so excited to be a lounge singer. Now, I don't know how you feel about lounge singers in Las Vegas. I don't think that they're necessarily great singers. I, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that's hard to say. Well, DLR is not even good enough to be a bad loud singer, as he <laughs> proves in this clip. They say you need five songs to play Las Vegas. It says that in the Bible, or we think somewhere important. Tom Jones is my favorite example of that. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Tom, what's your favorite Tom Jones song? It's not unusual. Okay, there you go. We got Delilah, my, my, my Delilah. And then she's a lady. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Dude, and this ain't saying much. Tom Jones could sing circles around you, buddy. Well, yeah. I think it's funny that David Lee Roth, I listened to this one podcast Mm -hmm. last week, 
and it was just him talking the whole time. Yeah. And you're like, well, Steve Lee Roth, wouldn't he sing? I'd rather hear him talk than yeah. sing. Well, it's you know, it's funny you say that. My number 13, he actually addresses that. My mom told me, Dave, I like you better in between the songs. I said, is that because of the stories? She said, no, it's because you're not singing. I'm with you there, Mom. Uh, now, who his is... His mom is actually funnier than him. Does his mom have a podcast that we can listen to? I, I would listen to that, actually. Uh, David Lee Roth answers the question, my number 11, who is my music for? All of my best music is best understood by animals, small children, and people from out of state. I'm not sure what that's a good thing, but it is a thing. All right. That clears it up. It's just utter nonsense. Yeah, how would you gross. describe your audience? Uh, kids and dogs, mostly. Uh, he talks about what makes a good intimate show. This is my number 12. How big is too big when you're coming to see an artist, especially one like myself? If you can see eyebrows, it's the perfect size. Think about it. When was the last time you went to a Kenny Chesney show and saw anybody's eyebrows for less than $500 a ticket? Not. Does he have an eyebrow fetish? Is that what he's talking about? Here? He was talking about the difference between cats and dogs in an episode uh -huh. where he said the reason why dogs are better is because they have eyebrows. Oh, my God. Does he know about Opie's fish joke? <laughs> I feel like if him and Opie got together and just talked eyebrows, you'd have a 45-minute podcast. Oh, that'd be great. With a lot of wolves in it. Now, uh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm on, a, on a tear here. Please. Um, he talks about how, this is my number 16, how getting ready for New Year's Eve is better than New Year's Eve itself, which, like, I could almost get with him for a second until he brings his dog up. I don't... Uh... It's the journey, man. It's not the destination. Yeah. The preparation for New Year's is always better than the New Year's party. Hello. You start out about six hours early. You put some green Al Green on the radio. Maybe he's a little Zeppelin. You're going to feed the dog. The dog barks. You say, the dog must be barking because he wants me to smoke a cigarette, which I never do, but it's New Year's. All right. That actually sums up the show for me right there. And that, that goes on. That so goes on and on. here's my question, because that type of fluid, whatever he's doing with mm -hmm. his sentence structure there, yeah. goes on and on forever. Is he? Did he write this all down? Is, is he reading it, is my question. I have a feeling if you delivered an Amazon package to his front porch, he would come out and give you most of the same speech. Okay. I mean, this is just what, this so is you the think record. This is just how he talks. It's, it's, this is the jukebox playing in his head is all these fucking stories. So I have an example of what I call just utter nonsense and <laughs> giggling. And I can't, I honestly can't tell if he has written this down and he's reading it. Or if this is just some type of performance art that only he can do. Yeah. Big fucking 300-pound union guys. Meat and potatoes union guys with a, literally with a cigar stub and a, and a uh, newsboy cap. Oh! And she fucking, and go from one mantle to the other and she go across like, you know, I'm making funny. She was actually very graceful. Jesus fucking Christ. How many Again, I'm not taking this out of context. I don't, know, I don't even know what that was about. Yeah. I have no idea. How many listeners can he possibly have? Well, that's I what's mean, funny about this because the podcast is a sham. Yeah. It's not really a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's just an extended promo for his tour and specifically his shows in Vegas. Yeah. In fact, the one episode starts off with a 30-second radio commercial. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame superstar, David Lee Roth, rocks Vegas. David Lee Roth, live in concert. 
performing songs from his entire career at House of Blues Las Vegas for nine exclusive select dates in January and March 2020. Get tickets Saturday, September 14th at 10 a.m. Pacific at Ticketmaster.com. David Lee Roth rocks Vegas. His whole career, he's going to be playing songs from 1978 and 1979. <laughs> Woohoo! Now that you pointed that out, it's funny. They played four songs and two of them were covers. Yeah. He's going to be playing all of his songs that someone else wrote and sang before him. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Woo! Can I throw you a pair of clips that proves that he is a fucking moron? <laughs> so here's number 17. He talks about some of his fine artistry. What does it mean, run with the devil? What does it mean when I say jump? They're all, all, these are all verbs, man. Why are they all verbs? And when we say dance, how long all night? Okay, so we're still talking about songs from the 70s. Number 18. Jump is off the 1984 album that it's was released garbage. in 1984. Okay, it's good. very far away from the 70s. I want to say, guys. It's about four years later. <laughs> Which one do you got here? Number 18. All right. Well, I'll think of one, for example, who is great, but is exactly the same from the time we discovered him right up to this very minute, and that's Neil Young. Neil is like a sea anemone. A sea anemone looks exactly the same when it's born as when it passes away 20 years later. Now, just so we're straight, okay. David Lee Roth, who's still talking about the bullshit fucking rhyme he came up with in 1979, says that Neil Young... Who recorded with Crosby, Stills, and Nash? Who recorded with Crazy Horse? Who recorded with Booker T and the MGs? Who's done big band music? Who is a pioneer of electronic music? Who is famous for his country and acoustic music? He never changes. Neil Young's the same the whole time. The guy who's been putting out albums every fucking year for more than 50 years, across all different genres, who did rockabilly music and got sued for it because it wasn't close enough to Neil Young. Neil Young never changes. But I, David Lee Roth, who have been singing the same fucking bullshit, retarded music for retarded people, no offense, Carl, for 40 plus fucking years, I am the fucking evolution of rock and roll. Yes, I am. Yeah! Well, okay, that's a good point. You got me there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break up your rant. I, just, I had the perfect drop for that. I love it when somebody says something that defames one of your musical heroes. Nothing gets you more fired up than that. Even, even if you hate Neil Young. Yeah. You have to fuck. The guy has done more genres of music than David Lee Roth has written songs. It's not a good comparison. David Lee Roth has not reinvented himself at any point in his career. And let's just say I'm interpreting that wrong and he's saying that Neil Young looks the same. Dude, (laughs) if you look at Neil Young in the 90s, he looks like Neil Young. You look at him in the 70s, he looks like... When you look at David Lee Roth in the 90s, he looks like a fucking moron. When you look at him in the 70s, he looks like a fucking moron in spandex. You can look at, the, and we'll get to this in a second, you can watch some of this Vegas show that he talked about, and he looks like a fucking moron. He looks like a Siegfried and Roy after the lion attack. <laughs> so I want to point something out because there's probably a lot of younger listeners who don't know who the fuck David Lee Roth is you're or lucky. why anyone would care. Yeah, you're lucky. I went on his website because I wanted to see, oh, when's he playing in Vegas? He's at right now in the middle of a tour. He's going to be in Buffalo, actually, in a few weeks. Mm, can't wait to miss that. He's playing nothing but arenas. He's playing the Staples Center. He's playing Key Bank. He is an arena act to this day, Crush. There's a good reason for that, Carl. Yes, it's because people love Van Halen. <laughs> and uh, I'm, can I show you why? Yes. Now, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead. I'm sorry if I'm... It's uh, okay. Whatever. I'm ready to move on as quickly as possible. Okay, good. I got two clips for you. Now... Yeah. This is cell phone footage, so the audio is not fantastic, but I did the best I could. Okay. Now, I'm going to play you two clips. This is, now, as you mentioned, this whole podcast is just a 
is a commercial for the shows in Vegas. Correct. What I'm about to play you, and I'm not fucking around, this is actually David Lee Roth, actually in Vegas. This is from the 8th, which is just a couple days ago now. Yep. Number 19 is the Van Halen shit, I mean song, Unchained. Number 19. Everybody's going to see number 20. This is his cover of the Great Kink song, You yeah. Really Got Me. I just want to point out that the mix is a little off on it's, this. No, the, now look, this is cell phone. This is cell phone footage. I'm totally admitting the, the sound quality sucks, but listen the to vocal, the vocal. The vocals are hot, though. The vocals are hot, and they sound, they're they so out of key and so out of time. In number 20, you'll hear him completely miss the timing, phrasing, and key of every fucking lyric he sings. Good to see you all. The king's birthday tonight. It's Elvis's birthday. What a, let not let the poetry be lost on that. Girl, you think you got me now? I can't sleep at night. Back of fingers and Now, if you buy a ticket to David Lee Roth, you fucking deserve that. You're a fucking moron, and you listen to garbage music, and that's what you fucking deserve, is this old, out-of-breath dude fucking up. He can't say, you really got me, without fucking that up. You've been singing that song for 45 fucking years. I might go see David Lee Roth in concert. I'm excited. Do it. I'm excited about this. And bring your cell phone and play fucking how out of key he is, dude. Crush. I don't know if you know this about me, but I enjoy a train wreck or two. This sounds wildly entertaining to me. I can sing these songs better than him. I can't sing with shit. The the dog that told him to go smoke a cigarette can sing the songs better than you. Oh, can. God. Uh, oh, uh. my God. <laughs> Fuck it. That's idiot. amazing. This whole thing was a promotion for this show that he says we're going to be dialed in. We got the band together. We're going to be putting together this amazing show. It's going to be the wall times seven. He said that his band rehearsed for eight months. For that! Well, the band sounds great. band sounds amazing. <laughs> the band's fucking nailing it. Jesus I don't think he showed up to those rehearsals. Christ. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Take a fucking voice lesson. you guys. And that's me saying that. All you guys right. can fucking hear my voice. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, what else do you want to talk about with David Lee Roth? Not a goddamn thing. You're good? Yeah. All fine. right. There's one thing I want to talk about because David Lee Roth took over for Howard Stern on the radio. Yeah, on the East Coast. Well, yeah. Yeah, in a lot of markets. Not mm -hmm. every market, but in a lot of markets. I think in our market, it was Rover's Morning Glory. Oh, we won that. And then uh, Adam Carolla took over a bunch of markets uh, on the West Coast. And I was saying last week, I hope someone was fired. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. So I got to know from this guy, Kevin Kretz, who explained this to me. He had a job down at uh, WJFK, which is one of the shows 
where... Assassination Radio. Yeah, Diamond Dave took over for Howard Stern. And he so he has a little bit of behind-the-scenes information here. Apparently, the strategy was this. If you're going to replace Howard Stern, that's never going to work. Mm-hmm. You're not. No one is going to respond well to, all right, you've been listening to Howard Stern for 20 years. Now, listen to this thing every morning. Yeah. You're going to have people say, fuck you. I don't like this new thing. Mm-hmm. David Lee Roth was brought in specifically because the guy has this crazy ego where he <laughs> thinks that he's like never done radio before, but now he'll just have a radio show and be as big as Howard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So they got a guy to step in. He's got a name. Mm-hmm. He's got an ego. Hey, come on in. Have a seat. You're going to do a radio show that yeah. everyone's going to love. Yeah. And this fucking idiot was like, of course I am. Yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. But they were smart enough to know that if they had this little segue, this bridge to Opie and Anthony... They can get people going, oh, thank God this isn't David Lee Roth, instead of, fuck, this isn't Howard Stern. <laughs> okay. So, Kevin reached out to E-Rock yeah. to see if there's any truth to that. And Eric Nagel just responded that the very first quarter, the book that came out that showed that DLR's ratings had tanked the station. Yeah. There was a phone call in to Opie and Anthony. So, <laughs> I believe that they had it planned all along that they said, let's bring in a guy... Just to fuck everything up, because it's going to get fucked up. We're, we're losing Howard to the saddle. Yeah. And then we can try to bring it back after that. That makes a lot more sense to me than somebody thought DLR was going to take over for Howard Stern. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. You going to go along with I, that? I could go with that. Yeah. I mean, but I bet he got $20 million in a three-year contract and a whole... I, I, I bet that was a very expensive transition. Well, back then, radio stations had money. Radio for, companies had money. For the syndicated guys, yeah. Correct. So, kind of makes sense. I've been talking a lot about Drew and Mike, the show out of Detroit. Yeah. Because, Croge, they talk about WATP every single day. Oh, they're handsome, wonderful DJs. They're the, well, Mike is no longer with us, but oh, Drew is, is an amazing person and his sidekicks over there. We love them all. And I just want to play a quick shout out that they had for us this past week. I want to thank WATP, who are these podcasts for? Plugging our show, wow, and and also using my idea to go through the David Lee Roth podcast. Oh, really? They <laughs> yeah, did. They are. They're doing it this week. We did it. And um, and he's offered me a chance to be on his show, and I want to have Carl on too. But I, I uh, because people seem to be binging the show, I'd kind of like wait to wait till yeah, wait a little while for people to um, hear an episode or two because more people seem to be trying it out. And I noticed they have reviews from our people. Oh, they mention nice. they mention our show and or in the heading or within the review. This is true. We are getting a lot of positive reviews lately. Five stars plus a compliment. That's weird. It's weird. It's, it sticks out like a sore thumb. That's why I noticed. Yeah. But I do want to say thank you, Detroit. We love you. We love the Detroit listeners who are coming over and discovering who are these podcasts. Yeah, this is this is a big uh, WATP circle jerk now. It, it really is. So thank you to Drew and Mike. Those guys are, are great. Can't wait to get on their show and hopefully have Drew on this show. One of the things that came about of this newfound friendship that we have is this interview I did with the podcast business journal. Yeah. I talked about it last week. It it came out this past Monday. This was print or no, this is a podcast that I did. There's there's an article on their site, but it's an actual podcast. Okay. Gotcha. Like 28 minutes, not fun or funny, but it's just a interview. (laughs) It's for people who are trying to get into podcasting questions about what kind of equipment do you use? Which I'm like, Oh, let me tell you that. <laughs> you got a pen? You want to write this one yeah. down. How do you get your sound quality so good? <laughs> <laughs> Questions like that. 
<laughs> questions about like how do you find an audience? What yeah. are the right things to do with podcasting? Things that I happen to have an opinion about. Yeah. Anyway, what so park guy, bench did you find your co-host? <laughs> The guy who didn't have the needle hanging out of his arm, I thought he might be good enough shape to come on. And Here I am. So this guy, Ed Ryan, who is the editor over there, he was really cool, had me on, promoted it. He got an email from someone that I want to read to you. Oh, boy. He sent this along to, along to me with the subject line, you are going to get a kick out of this email. <laughs> Ed, to say I'm disappointed in who are these podcasts being in your spotlight would be a gross <laughs> understatement. <laughs> We are a medium trying to differentiate themselves from radio, and there are close to one million shows you could have selected. Yet you highlight one that, by the creator's own admission, is a ripoff of an Opie and Anthony radio bit. Check. It's not creative, original, or uniquely funny. Check. In addition, you also allow your guests to explain how troubled he was by one of his victims attempting to threaten his employment. Neither of you seem to care that a podcaster who might be earning a living, or at least hoping for that, could potentially be financially named in this cheap attempt at entertainment. Ooh. Financially harmed, I should say. Yeah, there you go. That would make more sense. Yeah. You're a better person than this, and you are a better friend of podcasting than this. Your willingness to not publish his last name isn't a reporter's professional courtesy, but instead you are protecting a bully <gasps> who is copying a tired radio bit and oh. passing it off as entertainment. <laughs> I highly suggest, this is the best part. Yeah. All right, so you, you see where this person's at. Yeah. This is the, the part that always kills me. I highly suggest that you reconsider keeping the story available to read on your website, and I hope the other PBJ Spotlight showcases more talented, creative, and exciting members of this community who are working to raise the bar instead of lowering it to bottom-rung, played-out radio bits. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And this is from Anonymous, as I don't need Carl looking at any of my shows. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, which podcast does he do that you reviewed? Well, this was my response back to Ed. I said, I don't know who this is, but I bet they host a show that reads Wikipedia articles about true crimes. Yeah. That well, would be my guess. Their original fucking show. While drinking box wine. Yeah. Yes. Now, by this person's logic, any negative review, whether it's a film review, a music review, or whatever, is an attack against the right to make a living by fucking Taylor Swift right. or whatever. You know what I mean? Correct. Fucking retard. Well, plus, I love the idea that you're trying to harm this person's livelihood. You should take that down. Like, wait. <laughs> why, why is it always this? You, you got to take it down. This person shouldn't have a voice. Yeah. Do you realize what you're doing, you've Stalin? Been, you fucking idiot. You've been canceled, Carl. Yeah, right. What the fuck is wrong with you? I love that he is pointing out your podcast sucks yeah. because you point out that other podcast sucks. Correct. Yeah, all right. Yeah, makes sense. I get that a lot. You know what? I might as well switch to this real quick because it kind of fits into that whole narrative. We did a show, Andy and I did a show called Sleepy Cabin back about a year ago, maybe. Yeah, that's an oldie. It's an oldie. I don't remember it really well. I believe it was a bunch of creators from Newgrounds, like five of them get together and talk over each other. Oh, beautiful. About nonsense. Yeah, that's and great. It was really hard to follow, if I remember that right. Something like that. So this guy, uh, Niall Kreiberger Murray from Sleepy Cabin was on a show called The First Podcast with Lars and Joe. And I want to thank Chris Krastev for sending this over to us so we could check it out. So he... He has this guy on. He's interviewing him. Okay. And he says, about 20 minutes in, by the way, you were on uh, Who Are These Podcasts? Did you ever Did you ever hear that? 
And what I love about this, when he introduces it, there's a subliminal clip in here uh, from the first podcast. Okay, so now you guys were quote-unquote reviewed <laughs> on Who Are These Podcasts. By the way, Carl, if you're listening, feel free to review us. I'll even send you the worst episodes so you don't have to make mountains out of molehills like always. Love you. And I'm curious if... Oh my um, god. Are you aware of that? Dude, I forgot about that. Alright, so... This guy seems to be a fan, maybe. They want us to review their show. Yeah. They had to pop that in and post to give a little subliminal message to me. To Much to the fucking chagrin of every other listener that they have, right? I would imagine. Because after this, they spend the next 10 minutes talking about how shitty the show is <laughs> and what assholes we are. Oh, so cool. it kind of you know deflates that balloon when you start <laughs> off with, by the way, we'd love for you to review yeah. our show. We love the show. Hey, it's great. So this is... And I, I love this type of analysis. Okay. Because here's a guy that we made fun of for being shitty at podcasting. Now, I think he's probably a very talented creator. All the Newgrounds guys, great animators, very talented. Yeah. Oftentimes very funny. The podcast was garbage. But this is always the critique back to us. Well, one of them. One of two that we'll get to both of them. And I was just really sad because these guys are like in their like 40s or like 50s. or And they're, and they're just kind of trying to talk shit. But like... Cause it's something I did when I was like, you know, like 16 or 17, kind of watching cringe videos and you kind of pull apart every little kind of thing. And you're like, oh, look at Okay. So it's sad because we're in our forties or fifties. Yeah. Right. I think we can all That's... understand that once you reach a certain age, you're no longer allowed to do things on the internet. Yeah. Heaven forbid you critique entertainment. Yeah. Correct. So I don't know what the age cutoff is, but if somebody could just let me know when I should have stopped playing in bands, when I should stop doing a podcast, when I should just become someone who stays at home and yells at clouds. Yeah. Let me know when that's supposed to happen. All right. So then the other thing, of course, that everyone always critiques us on, I'm sure you can predict this, is we don't have a show. Yeah, you're, you just make fun of other people. We don't shows. create any content. We're not content creators. <laughs> like, they, they don't have a show of their own. They don't have, like... They, they don't do anything. They just they just talk about shit about better podcasts. Mm. I see what you're saying. It's it's really bottom of the barrel shit. I know I'm being I'm being kind of mean here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're not being that mean. Well, congratulations, Carl, on having like 180 something episodes of not having a show. <laughs> oh, well, well, that's what's funny about this. So I always love that take where these guys are not even creators. Yeah. They're just talking about shows that are better than their show. I can count on one hand how many shows I've reviewed that are better than our show. <laughs> I'm being honest. Yeah. We yeah. listen to a lot of shitty podcasts. Oh. I'm not saying there aren't a lot more shows better than our show. There are. Yeah. We haven't reviewed many of them. Yeah. Because it would be embarrassing. Yeah. What, what fun is that? But to the point that you just made, because obviously we have no format, we're not funny, yeah. the show must be dying. Yeah. It, it was just like the fact that the, the clips they took, it was just not fair the way they did it. It, it was just, I, I just don't think it was a good show. Are they still going to this day? You know? So going, going strong. Well, going strong. They're going. They're going. I don't know what's strong. <laughs> they're going. Are they on their last leg? <laughs> yeah. Well, like well, I physically, mean, they're fucking diabetes. They sound like just like sixty-year-old, just sad. Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That escalated quick. We were in our forties and our fifties. Now we're sixty. We aged twenty years in two clips. That's right. pretty good. I like that. We're on our last leg. We're barely holding on. Much like Primus, we're on our yeah, way. Yeah, right. If you want to listen to WATP, <laughs> there's only a couple weeks left. <laughs> this thing's gonna all end. We're in our sixties. We're just holding on by a thread here. Yeah. And then the other thing that that guy says there, because the guy who we reviewed goes on to say. 
Yeah, so I went and checked out a bunch of their episodes. Like, oh, if we suck that bad, yeah, yeah then yeah, why yeah. were you intrigued? Because I've listened to, I don't know, 200 podcasts where I've heard a little bit of it and never wanted to spend any more time yep. with those hosts, yeah, with that yeah, yeah. format. Like, it's, I'm usually immediately turned off by <laughs> everything I hear. This guy hears me making fun of him specifically and says, what else do they do? Yeah. And then he goes, oh, they suck. And one of the reasons why we suck, Kraj, and this is weird because it's often been said that I only talk with a smile on my face, but <laughs> apparently that's not the case with our listeners. And some people do feed off that, like, negative negativity. They just love it. They, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's because they're all bitter about their own shit going on and stuff. But, like, I don't think they ever say anything good. I was going to say um, it sounds like a very toxic environment, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people might cling to that. People who are toxic themselves and maybe they're like fucking annoying and nobody likes him in real life so they listen to the show and they're like if i hung out with this guy he'd like me i just want to ask the the discord is everyone here a toxic individual with no friends and that's why you listen to the show it could be true i honestly don't know yeah it's very possible it's likely true vic seems popular but the oh my god when you start throwing around the toxic word, I oh. know. Then you start to see where these people are coming yeah. from. I don't like that type of negativity. When they say that that podcast isn't very good, I mean, can't you find something nice about it and just focus on that? <laughs> Fucking idiots. <laughs> All right, Croge. We got to get into, I don't know, what do you want to do? You want to do Stuttering John? Let's do Stuttering John. Because you and I both listen to the Stuttering John podcast oh, because did we ever? this guy is unbelievable. Yeah. I'm so excited about what's going on with him. He lost his producer and yep. his co-host. Yep. All at once. And he's having a really hard time recovering from this. Yeah. yeah. It is not going well. So I want to play, I think we both have this clip the way the show starts yeah. off. Yeah, go, play yours. I want to play mine because I did put a little bit of production in it. But this is his record fail. Now, just like last week, this is only in the right channel. Yeah. So you will not hear this if you're just listening to one earbud in your left. With your favorite host, Stuttering John Melendez, and I'm here hoping this thing is recording in both left and right audio. Because if not, I swear to God, I'm going to jump off this chair and and, and bruise my knee. (laughs) I don't know. I'm in Audacity now. I'm recording in Audacity. Do you understand live? that this is giving me a stereo recording because I got so much crap from everybody else when I tried to record uh, on my own. What don't and you fucking it understand? Like it's in stereo, <laughs> and we could only, only hope that it's in stereo. It says stereo recording, and yeah. I am hoping that it is. What the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Now, here's... The funny part to me. <laughs> What's the funny part? I use Audacity as well. Yeah. I took, and I'll follow me here, yeah. two mouse clicks. Yeah. And I turned his podcast into a mono podcast so I could hear it properly. There are many ways to fix this in post. Oh, my God. And I want to point out, because I downloaded the file yeah. that was this podcast. Mm-hmm. It is called the Stuttering John Podcast dash edited dot mp3. Oh, my God. He... Edited this, somebody edited this podcast, him or somebody, and they didn't fix that. It's the easiest thing to fix ever. Yeah. You have the audio, put it wherever you want. And, dude, in Audacity, it's maybe 
four mouse clicks to get it so the levels are okay. Right. I mean, we're, what the fuck are we even talking about? But the fact that it's called edited, I would have thought that that immediately got uploaded, like whatever, hopefully that worked. Yeah. They actually went back and listened to it and still put it out wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm working on a theory, Carl. Yeah, what do you got? That Stuttering John maybe isn't so bright. Now, this is two clips okay. put together. This is my number 22. I'm going to admit it. I might be a Mensa member, but I am not technically savvy. That's the one thing I have is Eric and I, Eric and me, and apostrophes I'm horrible at. But I'm starting to learn it. Now. I was very bad in grammar in, um, in high school. He claims to be a genius yes. who, one, yep. cannot work a record function, even though he spent his entire life in broadcasting. Two, doesn't know the basic grammar of the English language and right. never has. Right. And three, doesn't know how apostrophes work. Dude, <laughs> my 11-year-old knows how apostrophes work. My 11-year-old is fucking smarter than you. And the that's it. What the fuck, dude? How do you make it into your fucking late 50s and you don't know how apostrophes work from the language that you've spoken your entire fucking life? He does sound like an English is a second language kind of guy. Oh, my God. And then at number 23, this is another two clips I stuck together. Here, just go with this one. I get there. Dunkelman pulls his car out. I got a parallel park. So Dunkelman uh, parallel parks my car. <laughs> this fucking idiot rolled up to his buddy's house. And his buddy's like, hey, you got a parallel park. And then all of a sudden, the buddy's behind the wheel because John doesn't know how to park his own fucking car. He lives in Los Angeles. I can't stress this enough. Parallel parking is a very important skill to have when you live in Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Anywhere. That's incredible. Fucking, he's from New York City. What the fuck, dude? Learn how to park your fucking car. That's incredible. Maybe learn how apostrophes work, then learn how to park your car. And uh, so the context there is he does a, a comedy show with Brian Dunkelman, the comedy legend. Now, Dunkelman gives him a ride to the show. This is number 25. Just fucking imagine. I, I'm sorry. So the context of this one is he's in the car with Dunkelman, and he has an issue with his fantasy football league. Number 25. Uh, I, I fucking, I had to start yelling in Dunkelman's, Dunkelman's car. I know it's the new John, but I was really pissed. And Dunkelman had a seven-year-old son in there. And I'm, and I'm screaming. I'm going, what the hell are you doing? You guys can't, like, diss me out of this league now. The dude gives him a ride yeah. with his seven-year-old son in the car. Yeah. And the seven-year-old has to sit there and listen to fucking moron McFuckface scream about how he got thrown out of a fantasy football league like anybody fucking cares. What? And, dude, that story is, like, 12 fucking minutes, and it yes. just shows what a fucking loser he is. Well, it's unbelievable to me. Now, first off, it's impossible to be friends with John. Yeah. He doesn't understand in any way how to be pleasant to be around, oh as you've just documented, yeah. obviously. Oh. But then, on his podcast, where he should be entertaining people, not only does he talk about how he almost didn't get into this fantasy football league, which is, by the way, a playoff league, which means you have players for two or three weeks but he has to tell you what his roster is. I couldn't be more bored with that type of conversation. Oh, my God. Wait, which is your backup quarterback? Yeah. Who gives a shit? That's uh, unfucking believable. All right, I have a clip that I want to play from this show. Because John goes on to explain why he doesn't post his stand-up. Now, this is something that we've all been talking about. It's all over the subreddit. I encourage people to go on the Who Are These Podcasts subreddit. Great conversations about John on there, about Seamus. Opie gets out of there every now and then. Really important conversations that we're having over there. Oh, yeah. And we all want to know, what does his stand-up look like? But he's not going to let it out, and there's three reasons. I'm going to give you 
a clue here. One of them is the truth. <laughs> I don't post my uh, I don't post my shows. Why? Because I don't want my shit stolen. That's one. Two. If I post it, then I can't do the bit again because everybody's gonna know it. And three. Who needs the fucking twitiots and all the fucking trolls out there? You know, hating on me. And like, you know, because they just fucking, that's all they do. That's what makes their lives. All right. I'm guessing that the third reason is the real reason. He's not worried about people stealing yeah. his jokes. No. This, this, he's not worried about people going on YouTube and watching his stand-up routine and then going to see him live. Well, because everybody's going to know the Everyone's joke. Everyone's going to know the joke. Was as soon as Sonny John uploads his stand-up routine, who's not watching that? Everybody's glued to his channel. So I want to I want to point something out here because he talks about but don't worry about my stand-up. It is amazing. Oh. I am so funny. So I never posted any of my stuff, nor do I plan on it. But but if you go see me, you'll realize I'm damn good. And oh, that's yeah. a fact, Jack. Oh, yeah. All right, so I want to point something out. I listen to podcasts hosted by a lot of stand-up comedians. Mm-hmm. I'll just name a few. Sam Tripoli, Joe Rogan, Jim Norton, Bill Burr, Jim Florentine, Vinnie Paulino, Tony Hinchcliffe. All of these people have one thing in common. None of them have ever told me that they're a funny stand-up while podcasting. Yeah, no shit. Nobody feels the need to tell people I'm a really funny stand-up. Oh, yeah. That's all John talks about is yeah. how funny his stand-up routine is. Yeah. I'm guessing, based on the fact that Bill Burr doesn't have to tell me that, the chat's not that good. Yeah. I'm just going to throw it out there. If you don't mind, Carl, I would love to back up just a tiny little bit. Please. To talk about some of the jokes that have been stolen from yes. John. Yes, okay. Now, uh, there are two examples here that show the genius of John that were then stolen from him. Number 28. And I did a joke on the show, and I, it was all with visual aids. So I had a picture of uh, Kim Kardashian and her big ass, and I said, you know, man, look at Kim's giant ass and then quickly cut to a picture of Kanye you know and that's a joke that I did within a week a meme Kim's giant ass and a picture of Kanye okay coincidence or great minds think alike you be the judge wow so he came up with an ass might mean an ass or an ass might be Kanye I mean that's some groundbreaking shit that was clearly stolen from him who no else, one else. Who could. else would possibly come up with something that's that low hanging? No one else could possibly come up with that joke. Right. Uh, number twenty nine. First of all, has a bullshit rationalization, which I love, and then the the end of the clip is just artistry. Great. When Bruce Jenner was like allegedly getting his Adam's apple taken out, when we didn't know if he was gay or not, but there were rumors, and he was like doing all this stuff, and I happened to uh, post or doing my stand up, I said. What the hell's going on with Bruce Jenner? He, he went from being on the cover of Wheaties to the cover of Fruit Loops because he was acting a little loopy. Now, we didn't know he was transgender then. And before I knew it, a week later, there was a meme, uh, you know, Bruce on from the cover of Wheaties to the cover of Fruit Loops. Okay, coincidence or well, great minds think alike. Um, I think... It's called plagiarism. I think it's called <laughs> plagiarism. Are you out of your fucking mind? Now, first of all, look, if you're going to call a gay guy a fruit, then call a gay guy a fruit and be proud of it. Don't be like, well, I called him a fruit loop because uh, he was loopy. What the fuck are you even yeah. talking about, John's, dude? John's son is gay. So now he has to be this uber PC. Oh, I love Jesus. all transgender people. It's, like, it's okay for, to make fun of Bruce Jenner. It's fine. Yeah, he's a public figure. He's yeah, out there. It's okay. But, like, seriously, dude, yeah. like, home fruit, uh, because he was loopy. Uh, yeah. So he 
puts out there, there's two possibilities. It could have been a coincidence or it could have been that we both had the same thought because it does seem like a pretty obvious joke. If you start with the premise of he was on a Wheaties box. Yeah, no shit. Where, where would he go to? Yeah, should he eat? Wait, no, that doesn't yeah, work. That doesn't work. Yeah. So in <laughs> Captain Crunch, uh, maybe. <laughs> so, then, so then he says, I know what the answer is out of those two. Plagiarism. Like, that wasn't, that's not even a thing. Fucking idiot. You idiot. What a fucking dope. Um, I'm mad that you fixed his podcast because it actually sounds good. Yeah, I know. Dude, he should hire me. <laughs> oh, let's talk about that. All right. This show starts off with John's latest bit. And then I will introduce this new segment called Win Royce's Job. Wow. That's right. Royce has stepped down to be my co-host. So if you're a technically savvy uh, person with good rapport with moi, and feel that you could take on the co-hosting responsibilities for at least once a week, then please let me know, because then you could be my co-host, and we could um, get this thing going in, in a professional fashion. Okay. So he's doing the Win Royce's Job Contest. I wonder where he got that idea. <sighs> I know. I know. Everything with him is so original. Yeah. He goes on to, he starts it off by saying, here's what I need. Yeah. Someone with technical skills, agreed. Yeah. That would be helpful. Yeah. But he also says, if you have a good rapport with me. Now, I, just as a side note, yeah. I would pay him $5 to spell rapport. I can't spell it either, but I guarantee he can. <laughs> or moi for that. Or moi. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So he says, I have a good rapport with moi. Now, does that mean he's only looking for people who he knows already? How would I know if I have a good rapport with him or not? I don't. I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah, I don't know. So... I want to talk about the details of this contest, <laughs> Crouch. Did you listen to the entire episode? I, I choked my way through everything but like the last six minutes. Yeah, you know? me too. I got I got almost all the way through it. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, what are the rules? What are the details? How do I enter this yeah. contest? So it turns out it's not even a contest at all. It's not about winning a job. It's a, just a desperate plea for please help me make my podcast less shitty. Yeah. Now, I don't know who would sign up for this. <laughs> Seamus. I don't know who would ever want to do that, Todd. <laughs> I don't know why someone would want to do that. <laughs> Seamus, Patrick, Michael. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? That would be great. It'd be perfect because you have Stuttering John, who has a name. He has a plat. Well, actually, now that I think about it, the only people listening to either of those shows are, yeah. are the same people. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Never mind. Never mind. That won't help oh. you, Seamus. Do you have anything else on this Win Royce's job thing? No, I got a few more Stuttering Johns. Though. Let me just play this because he, he reiterates it at the end of the show in case... The recording didn't work, which is probable <laughs> yeah. in his mind. Yeah. Because let me explain again, in case that didn't work, what I'm doing here. And again, uh, if I haven't said it, because I already recorded a podcast earlier that fucking got fucked up. You know, I uh, uh. Win, win Royce's job. If you're a, if you're a co-host who could freaking who has the technical technical savvy to record video, audio, and everything else, be able to play bits like so I can analyze. The uh, Howard Stern roast, so I could analyze, um, you know, when me and Fred were uh, performing for Simon Cowell and Fred. All right, we get it. You want someone who can actually play clips <sighs> while you're recording. He goes, if you can record audio, video, and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is there? Holograms? What, what are we talking about here? If you can hit the red button yeah. at the right time <laughs> and then... Turn it off yeah. before someone gives out their cell phone number. Oh, you might just have what it takes <laughs> to be the co-host of the Stuttery John podcast. Yeah. All right. What else you want to talk about with John? 
as you know, I study Carl's Golden Rules of Comedy. Yes. And one of them is a joke is always better when you explain it. Number 24. Okay. To give you an idea how bad my career is going, the other day I was in an Uber and I was driving. That's a joke, people, but unfortunately when I tweet it, people believe me. No, I'm not driving for Uber, but I don't think there's any shame in it. I think it's a great way to make extra money, make your own hours. Holy shit. <laughs> John, what the fuck, man? He, it's not a good joke, but don't go on and on and be like, by the way, I love all Uber drivers. Now, I, I'm going to give it to him. I think that was, a, I mean, for him, a pretty decent joke. I uh, mean, it, it was short. It was brief. It, it had a punchline. Yeah. He actually fucking delivered it once for once, uh, delivered it correctly for once. True. And then he spends eight times the length of the joke explaining, now that was just a joke, people. I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> But could you imagine being that concerned about offending Uber drivers? Oh He's God. worried about offending everybody. It's not how comedy works. And then he gets into the philosophy of Stuttering John. This is number 26. But, like, I meant to text uh, Brian Dunkelman um, the other day. Is you, you, know, you can't look back because he seemed, like, a little upset about the whole thing. You know, because he did lose, like, the number one reality show ever. But, you know, you can't look back. Life is about moving forward. And that's the lesson of the Stuttering John podcast today. So if you're keeping score at home, the guy who literally 24-7 talks about the play he was in in elementary school, the radio show he used to work on 20 years ago, the TV show he was on for a little bit, that's all he fucking talks about. Now that, that, that's the guy who's saying, now it's important to look forward. Guys, what I'm really trying to say is just look ahead and see what's next for you. And don't ever, ever think about what you used to do. I fucking love that. Now, speaking of only looking forward, let's talk about a little revisionist Opie style history. Here's number 31. Okay, Merganizer has another one. Do you did you ever ask Jay Leno why he thought that his interplay with you was awkward? I know why it was awkward, because I was stuck in the crowd like a glorified heckler, and I told the producers that when they told me that's where I was going to sit. And you know what? Jay already had Kevin. Kevin and Jay had good rapport, but it didn't matter, man. I wanted out, and I got out. To quote, I, I did what I wanted to do. To quote the great philosopher Alex Jones, bullshit! (laughs) There's no fucking way you quit the Tonight Show, dude. That's a new one. I have not heard that before. No fucking way. Well, I quit because I want to do what I want to do. You wanted to leave a well-paying gig to go sit in your fucking ex-wife's house and soak up her Wi-Fi? He wasn't sure if Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was going to have a couple more roasts or not. He had a lot of gigs coming up. Oh, my God. I honestly should know the answer to this, and I don't, and I'm embarrassed to say this, but the Tonight Show was, well... Jay Leno was taken off the Tonight Show to bring in Conan O'Brien. Yeah. And the ratings tanked, so the whoever was in charge of late-night programming at NBC decided to give Jay Leno another show that was on before the Tonight Show, the which spot. was also a disaster. That was concurrent. Correct. He went to, Jay Leno went to 10 o'clock the same time that Conan O'Brien started and everything was a disaster. Oh, I, yeah. thought, I thought there was a time in between. No, no, no. They kept Jay Leno on the network. They gave him a show at the exact same time. Exactly. Now, I believe that John didn't make that transition. No. He didn't make the the squad. Correct. Because you have a different budget. It's a different show now. And I'm sure Jay Leno's like, well, here's my opportunity to get the fuck rid of John. Yeah. He he was already off the air. Oh, he was already. Okay. But he he was still working for the show. He was working as a writer because he's such a brilliant fucking writer. Oh, he did all those uh, cold opens. Oh, my God. Talks about it all the time. Now... 
John, for reasons I cannot possibly imagine, yeah. talks about his dating life. Oh, I'm I, so glad you have these. I got a pair. This of, is great. I got a pair of clips for you, and I want you to add, to to think in your mind. Yeah. Why would you talk about this into a microphone? Number thirty-three. So yeah, I, I you know I stopped uh, you know dating the uh, girl from Instant Replay who blew me in the parking lot. It just you know with the whole fistula and and then telling me I can't drink during dinner and all this <laughs> stuff. I was just like, I, I don't need this aggravation. And then she couldn't have sex because of the fistula. It was just the whole thing, and I was just like, I I I don't you know. So I yeah. dated this girl. I'm yeah. going to tell you where she works, yeah. what disgusting sex act she did to me in a fucking parking lot, and John's a disgusting part of that. And I'm going to talk about her reproductive health. Yeah, a specific ailment that she has. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to date this guy. Could you imagine if I was like, I come to band practice, and I'm like, hey, Carl, let me tell you about this girl I'm dating, where she works, how, where she blew me, and what her <laughs> yeah. uterine tract is like. What the fuck are I'd you I'd rather he about? gave out her phone number than all that fucking information. But that's, that's just beginning. Then number 34, he talks about the chick that he transitioned to. Took her back to my place. She saw my boxing belt. She wanted to look a little bit of the fight. I said, hey, why not? I mean, of course, that should turn a girl on. Oh, yeah. Then we start watching that. I'm, I'm trying to make my moves. And then, you know, she passes out. I ask her to come upstairs, and she doesn't come upstairs. So I went upstairs with a raging heart on and woke up the next morning with a bad case of blue balls. It happens. I'm supposed to see her again at the end of this week. So you took a woman home. You showed her video of a boxing match you were in, and then she pretended to pass out and didn't want to touch you. <laughs> yeah. Also, you don't know how blue balls work? That Are you fucking serious? Out. Like, the, all of this is fucking bad, dude. Well, I don't think you have the clip after that that I was going to grab, and I forgot to. In that he segues from that into, you're going to read all about it in my book about my dating life. <sighs> He's writing a book about this. Did you catch that? I did. He's fucking writing a book about his dating life? John, I don't care about you on Howard Stern and on The Tonight Show. You think I care about your fucking personal life? Well, Carl, in his defense, he's going to write a book about how he can't get laid. Yeah, sweet. Whoa, let's fucking sign me up for that. Now, we all know, I mean, we jest, we make fun. Yes. But John is known for his angelic singing voice. Now, this is going to sound like a super cut, like I put all these together, but he was kind enough to do it in one stretch so I could take it. This is number 35. You all know who Zebra is. Tell me what you want. Just one more chance. Just one more chance. You know that stuff. Take your fingers from my hair. You know, who's behind the door? La, 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 la. You know, the bears are hibernating. Uh, wait until the summer's gone. You. Yeah. I'm not even fucking with you. The the homeless crackhead outside the 7-Eleven yeah. that serenades me while I'm on my way in for my Diet Dr. Pepper has a, 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 sings better songs than that with better pitch. And I've given more money to that person than I ever will to Suttery John. And he fucking deserved it. He does. And number 36 is the money shot. This is, and this is where, I, so one of the things that John does on his show is he reads tweets that come into him. Mm-hmm. And I just want to thank the listeners of WATP for participating in that from time to time. Thank you. Jake S. at Rick Roller 10. Have you ever been to Gary, Indiana? I don't think so. Love it. Beautiful. Love to get some references to WATP on the show. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Gary, Indiana, 
Should we play the latest from our friend PJ? Yes, please do. PJ has created a brand new song. He felt a little shaky about their song last week because it wasn't about Seamus and Gary Indiana. Huh. Those are his favorite topics. Yeah. He's he tried to do a song where it's Royce singing about John and, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But really this is where he shines. The latest from our friend PJ Philliam. Talking about how he gets downloads by the dozen. Fucking a woman that's most likely his cousin. Thinking Indiana's the only place where it rains. These are a few of Todd's favorites. It was raining from Indiana. To get three cents a download and pregnant his girlfriend with a white frothy load. According to podcast was kids are crying. These are a few of Todd's favorite things. <laughs> Laughing at famous people commit suicide. Being driven through Gary while he begged and he cried. Please, Carly, let's please turn around as he assumed fetal position on the ground. Todd was frightened, he was shaking, he was terrified. I think we can all agree on one thing that when he said what to carry, Todd lied. I want PJ to sing me to sleep at night. That was brilliant. I told PJ, I'm like, that's your best effort from a vocal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. You've outdone yourself on that one. Now... Carl, I got a little out of my wheelhouse this week. Okay. And I did a PJ song about PJ. I see that there's a PJ song on your board here. I'm excited about this. And I, I apologize to all your listeners ahead of time. Number 39. Uh, probably the worst personal segment of any show I've ever listened to. And okay. I listen to the Dixie stuff. PJ hates the voicemail segment. He doesn't want to hear about this album. Get all my elbows. PJ hates the voicemail This is the part of the show I always get. Is that the real Fred Drescher? Her being raped or getting cancer? Shout out to Michael in the Discord for helping me rhyme Gary Indiana with Harry Limp Banana. Yes, because I saw you ask for that. As I didn't you know why. As you heard, uh, when it left to my own devices, I rhymed bag with vag. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I need all the help I can get. Very well done, my friend. And so that was a song about PJ hating the voicemail segment. Yes. Which then became about how shitty the voicemail segment is. I love it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love it. Good stuff. Croge. We have talked about so much. I know that you have a couple of clips. Let's table them for a second. Of course. 
again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we got to do a bonus show or something because there's too much to get to. Yeah. What, what happened this week was Opie talks shit about Jim and Anthony. Mm. And then Jim Norton just happened to be a guest on the Anthony Cumia show where they listened to a 45-second long clip of Opie talking about them. Oh, great. And then went on for 36 minutes about Opie. <laughs> And then Beautiful. people told Opie that happened, and he's doing this YouTube live videos, <laughs> and he's responding to that, and then E-Rock's on his show talking about shit. So I got to get all this caught up on, all right? Yeah. There's a lot to go over here. I want to start off talking about E-Rock, because I played last week on the show, Opie said he's pissed at E-Rock because Jim Norton had a fuck Opie party that E-Rock <laughs> attended, right? Love that. So I sent a note to Eric, and I just said... Can you please explain to me what a fuck Opie party is? I'd love to know what this what this whole thing is all about. And he said, I'll address it on my show. So checking out Would You Kindly with Brian Johnson, his co-host, the E-Rock talked about the fact that compared to what Opie did to him after Anthony was fired from the show yeah. in the years that they worked together, like Opie was the worst person ever. Yeah. He goes, that's what he's mad at me about? Going to a fucking party? But I will say... That Eric holds things close to the best. Yeah. He always says, if I'm going to tackle this, I want to talk to Opie. I don't want to just make it a public thing. Yeah. Okay. Which, which is cool. But yeah. he does bring this up, which I thought was interesting. You want to talk about the mental illness factor? Yeah. It, 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 and for a while, it, 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 did, it did well by him yeah. to uh, succeed by f- always failing upward, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the point where you don't course correct. And it's also your down, your your downfall, yeah. your undoing. It is a weird kind of. Uh, I wonder that whole like be nice to the people on the way up the ladder. You'll see them on the way down type yeah. thing. Uh, um, so very interesting that he says Opie's mental illness is what made him famous. Yeah, he would do these irrational things, and because he was a shock jock, it worked out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it stopped working after a while. It did. Yeah, Opie. On a show, just a couple days later, not even having heard that, admits just that when recounting his Joe Rogan video. And I thought this was very interesting because we're all on the same page now. Yeah. It was kind of dumb of me to make that video. But I was mad at the time. You know. Made a lot of money over the years being mad at the time. (laughs) Made a lot of money over the years because I couldn't help myself. Maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to make that Joe Rogan uh, video after uh, after I was mad that he that he didn't even get back to me when I tried to get him on my podcast. Didn't help that I was kind of like rotating in circles as I was filming, but I really was trying to get the sun out of my face. And stupid me was thinking, you know, I should try to make the the video look as as best as possible. Ah, eh, what are you gonna do? Make fun if you have to. Okay. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) So, very interesting. Opie finally realizes that he probably shouldn't have posted that video of him calling out Joe Rogan. That's a rare moment of clarity. Very rare moment. Yeah. Interesting, too, that he says, I know I was spinning around like a lunatic. I was trying to get the sun out of my eyes. That's not how the sun works. (laughs) You don't have to keep dodging it. Oh, shit, now it's over there. Now it's over there. Face one fucking direction away from the sun and you're good. Uh, so, guys, it's just because, uh, you know, the sun was in my eyes. It's not because I'm a lunatic uh, who was ranting because I have a mental illness. But I'm glad that we're all on the same page. 
E-Rock then goes on to talk about, and I got to get him back on the show. He doesn't want to talk about this shit, which sucks, because if I'm to understand what he's saying in this clip, and I'm going to play it for you, but I want to spoil it first. <laughs> he was offered a job to work at Westwood One. E-Rock was? E-Rock Okay, was. go ahead. Opie has a, a podcast there. Yeah. On, on Westwood One. E-Rock was offered a job to produce another show. Okay. Then Opie says, or somebody says, why don't you work on Opie's show? And Eric is open to it. And what ends up happening here would leave me with a bad taste in my mouth about Opie. It's not worth it at this point. Because I tried. And look, even after that, there was a situation where before I came to Compound, there might have been another position I was going to be working in. And I got screwed out of that one, too. Uh-huh. Said individual. And that was really fucked up. And it cost me another position with not even involved with him somewhere else. Uh, uh, with somebody else there at that same company. And I was supposed to be working there with that person first. Then the company's like, no, we want you to work with this thing, with, with his new thing. I said, I'll do it if you – but he, I got to talk to the guy first. And then – they were getting ready. They had the papers all drawn up and stuff. And then a couple weeks went by. Didn't hear from him. I'm like, what's going on? Where are the papers and everything? Oh, well, situation changed because said individual uh, – I don't want to get too into it. Said, in, said individual said, wanted to uh, go in a different direction, we'll say. Mm. Away from Iraq as opposed to it's, towards Iraq. <laughs> Much to the uh, objection of of, of that company, uh-huh. didn't want him to go in that other direction, but that's where he went, and the rest is history. So if I can interpret this. Yeah, that's this a little, is, little hard to follow. This but. is how I understand it, and Eric okay. can go ahead and correct me if he wants to, but I believe what he's saying is he was hired by Westwood One, and then they said, why don't you work with Opie? So they signed the deal. He was ready to go work for Opie, and then Opie said... You know what? I don't want to be in a studio. I don't uh, want to do. I don't want to have a producer. <laughs> I do my own thing. I just want to take my Zoom recorder and go to Gebhard's. Yeah. And I just want to like walk across the street with Carl Ruiz. And so they said like, oh well, now there's no longer a need for what you do, Eric Nagel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you guys brought me in to work this other job over there. Oh yeah, we found someone for that one. Oh. oh okay. So wait. So now I have no jobs. Like yes. Yeah. So he had a job lined up. They offered him this thing with Opie. He's like. Okay, I'll do that. And then Opie fucked him over yeah. on that job and the job he was going to get. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty sure, because that's what he was saying when he said that last part. He was like, despite what Westwood One wanted him to do, he decided to do something different. And that's what Eric was talking about when he was on the show, too. He goes, he yeah. always does the opposite of what you'd think he would do. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're going to give you a nice studio. You can do a regular podcast. We'll bring in guests. Yeah. We have a lot of clout. We have people who can bring these people in. Opie's like, nah, I just want to talk to Vic Henley at Gebhard's and yeah. call it a day. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. And shocker, he no longer works at Westwood One either. Imagine that. Before we get into the calling out Jim and Anthony and their response and responses back, I want to play something that you'll appreciate. Opie decided to go on and do a quick, I think it's a YouTube live feed oh, again. Beautiful. Talking about Howard Stern's take on Imus. Oh, great. So Imus passed away. Yeah. And Howard Stern did a whole bit about it. I was telling you about it at band practice. Yeah. Uh, that he wasn't kind to him. Can't he never why. has been. Yeah. I mean, obviously. It's, Jeez, you, you call a guy's 
co-host the n-word a couple times in the hall and also yes. he doesn't like it anymore right Boy, that's a weird weird one i'm glad that's where you went with this because opie didn't hear the segment but he's reading an article about it <laughs> and <laughs> and opie wants to point out that howard has no right calling imus a racist first of all the the amount of racist material that howard put out on on the airwaves over the years was probably way more than what imus did the guy that sat next to Anthony is complaining that Howard was racist. So, <laughs> all right, that might be a sore subject with Opie, but I know oh, what okay, you're saying. Sorry. So, he says that Howard was the one who had the more racist show, and he cites an example of that. Okay. Yeah, he used to have a KKK member on his show, but Howard doesn't want you to know that anymore. <laughs> he's, he's, he's rewriting his own history, and then he goes after Imus and saying he was a racist? Opie, you fucking moron. Way to fucking woo! Right over the head on that one. Opie, there's so many examples you could have pointed out yeah. about the un-PC nature of Howard's humor back in the 80s and 90s. No shit. Not Daniel Carver. He Daniel he, Carver was a buffoon that they brought on to make fun of. And they made fun of him for a decade. Yeah. They mercilessly mocked this KKK guy for a fucking decade. Decade. Do you think Howard was endorsing a guy who hated Jews? <laughs> Is that your angle on this opening? You fucking moron! Holy shit! Oh. And then he has the balls oh, to say God. that Howard is the one who's delusional. Of course, of course, of course, Imus was doing it wrong until you came along, Howard. Of course, fucking delusional, man fucking delusional so he's calling howard stern delusional for saying that i changed the way people did radio now don imus who used to call howard stern's mother yes. on the air yes. because howard would call his own mother on the <laughs> yes. air yes that's and you can find the tapes of that that exists you can Opie, listen to it opie says Howard Stern taking credit for the way he was doing radio. This guy's delusional. The guy whose name is synonymous with shock jocks. He's the Kleenex yeah. of shock jocks. See, shock jock. Oh, Howard Stern. And by the way, Opie, I don't think he's putting out a good show these days. Yeah. But he's still on the air getting paid tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. a year to put out a show that has millions of listeners. And you're doing a fucking YouTube live <laughs> and calling Howard Stern delusional. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, you couldn't oh be more out of touch on this one. Holy shit. I, I mean, I'm not a guy who defends Howard all day long, but Opie. Yeah, what the fuck? So Opie finally goes on to Howard's talking about the fact that I miss his obit. Like the second paragraph is about Howard Stern. Yeah, of course. And Howard's like, the difference between me and I miss is that when I die, Imus will not be in my obit. Yeah, no shit. Every obituary about Imus mentions me by the second paragraph, he said. Yeah. I could tell you when I die, I don't think they'll be mentioning Imus. <laughs> he's probably just happy that he's finally getting some press. <laughs> this guy's fucking Howard is insane. He's absolutely insane. Howard Stern, who just put out a New York Times bestselling book last year. Right. Is happy that he's getting press. Right. The okay. guy... Oh, the, the top of the booksellers list wasn't enough price for him. The guy who was just on Jimmy Christ. Kimmel and Bill Maher's show. What the fuck? And I mean, Howard's, nothing. Howard's right about that. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to talk about Don Imus. Other than the nappy-headed host thing, I would never know who Don Imus was right. outside of Howard. Right. Furthermore, Imus used to put out albums of his radio bits. 
before he met Howard. And go, uh, you can listen to him, and they're out there, and it's fucking atrocious. I mean, Stern used to talk about that all the time, too, but oh my god. Alright, so... Good lord. I, I love that he's talking about a radio segment that he didn't even listen to. Correct. I just thought that was a lot of fun That's to listen great. to because Obi's just like, well, this Howard guy is really full of himself. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's Jesus a reason Christ. for it. All right. So he's taking all these questions from people and this is, this is his format of the show now. So one of the questions is about the fact that he used to just sit and play Candy Crush on his phone when he was on the Opie and Anthony show. Yeah. Jim and Anthony, maybe that a comedian in the studio would be riffing on something, and you could just hear the sounds of Candy Crush going off on his phone. Yeah. Because Opie couldn't be bothered with it. So he addresses this, and this is what sets Jim and Anthony off. You miss me playing Candy Crush when Ant was on a rant. Yeah. Sadly, uh, sadly, I became wallpaper on my own radio show that I created and put together way back in the day. I ended up just being wallpaper playing Candy Crush because I couldn't listen to another rant about blacks. Oh, my God. Fuck that. You got one guy ranting about blacks. Then you got another guy, you know, playing out his multiple personality disorder in front of everybody, insisting that everything has to have a character in it. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck happened to my radio show? All right, so they play that on the Anthony Kubia show. Go ahead. And here's Jim's response to that little clip right there you just heard. It was, he felt left out. Yeah. He felt left out. He got a little jelly. And he would get jealous of guys having fun in the sandbox, and he would get resentful. And it's like, look, man, we all had our part that we played in it. We all had yep. our part. But this, this, this fucking childish inability to accept, and not just accept responsibility in a way like, I know I did stuff. But I mean, for real, yeah. understand that you sat there fucking sulking while guys were being funny. Every fucking comedian who came in noticed oh, it. Everyone noticed. Every All right. Yeah, wow. That Well put. Well put. Very well put. I mean, he, Opie's got that victim thing that's so prevalent nowadays. Yes. This is everybody's fault but mine. Right. So this clip right here goes exactly to that. Jim goes on later on in that. To explain that Opie does have talent. If he would just stop blaming everyone around him and own up the responsibility, yeah. it would do a lot of good for him. Yeah. It was two versions of him. When Opie was comfortable and having fun, he was charming, he was fucking funny. I loved that guy. I truly did. I loved working with him. He was fucking great. He gave me some of the biggest laughs I've ever had on that show. When he was insecure and he was unhappy and feeling uncertain oh. about his place, don't blame me and Ant because you know you're fucked up. You had your own. My insecurities <laughs> are my fault. They're not your fault. When you had your insecurities, you were impossible because everything was a slight and everything right. was aimed at you and everything was under my... Instead of realizing that you got fucking prop. Look, my fucking shit is all my shit. All right. Wow. So this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Right? Man. Listen, we, we were all dicks to each other. We all had issues. I know I had my issues, but you just got to own your thing. Yeah. Don't no blame me and Anthony. So somebody goes on the next day when Opie's doing his YouTube live. Yeah. And says, hey, did you know Jimmy paid you a compliment? He said that when you were relaxed, you were funny. And listen to how Opie responds to this. This is, this is amazing. Jimmy was saying, when you're relaxed, you're extremely funny and a great guy. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, you know what? I, I like hearing that, and he's not wrong. <laughs> but I, I did not feel relaxed in that environment anymore. And I, I think um, 
If you really said that, that's a that's a thank you to Jimmy for real. Not a fan of Jimmy, but if he said that, thank you. But I was a, I was an uptight fuck at the end of my run on that show. Um, I do blame those guys. I don't know if they had issues with me, but they didn't really bring them up to me. But there was a lot of talking behind my back. Holy shit, Opie, will you just please listen to what he's telling you? Oh, my he God. He still blames everyone but himself. And that... You know, that's funny because it sounded like he was just about to, like, actually see the light. I know. And then he's like, but fuck that. That was everybody's fault of mine. I'm so close, Opie. Oh, my he God. came around in the Joe Rogan video, but not on this one. Oh, fuck. And I think that Anthony sums this up very well about how we all feel about Opie at this stage. There's a part of me that just feels bad for him at this point uh, because I know he's so lost. He's alone. And has no fucking prospects. Yeah, that sounds about right. This is the thing that people who blame the world, you and I know somebody like this. Mm -hmm. We had to deal with this person for a long time. Mm -hmm. When you blame everyone around you, all of a sudden, nothing works in your life. Amazing. Because you never take any effort to fix the things that you're doing wrong. Yeah. And then, strangely, people don't want to associate with you or work with you or be your friend anymore. It's the strangest fucking thing. Right. So I think I've documented that every single person from the Opie and Anthony show no longer talks to Opie. Yeah, no shit. Even though they've actually put out olive branch after olive branch. Yeah. Let's get together. You can come work at our network. Let's do this. Opie is just uh. like... I do not want to face what an asshole I was, yeah. so I can't even talk to them. Wow. And it's left Opie with almost no audience, which he addresses in this clip. I don't need an audience anymore or a big audience. I used to obsess about that. I wanted to be the biggest thing, and we came close. And I wanted to make a lot of money. And both those things are just simply not important anymore. If it happens again, though, oh, my God. At the end, he goes, if it happens, though, that'd be amazing. Like, wait, wait a second. You can't have both. You can't have I don't care about it. And that'd be amazing if it happened. Oh, my God. It's one or the other. Oh, my God. Well, she she turned me down, but I didn't want to date her anyway. <laughs> well, what, she wants to marry me? Okay. Yeah, 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 exactly. Holy fuck. So somebody asked him, because obviously he's a man without a co-host, much yeah. like our friend John Melendez. Somebody asked him, would you ever get Louis J. Gomez to be your co-host? Now, Louis J. Gomez is, I believe, one of the owners of Gas Digital. Yeah. He has, he's kind of building a podcast empire. He puts on these huge comedy shows. Yeah. He's got a bunch of shows on his network. If you remember, Opie and Carl did a tour of the whole podcasting studio, and it was amazing. Yeah, no, successful dude, for sure. You would think that that would be a good guy for Opie to want a podcast with. Uh, can you make Louis Gomez your second mic? Hell nah. Why would I do that? No more second mics for me. Now listen to this. I'm going to keep playing this clip. Opie is doing a thing now where he's accepting payment on YouTube. You know, like you have the super chat thing or people can donate to you. Really? So he just said, I don't want to podcast with the successful podcaster. I don't need that. Yeah. And listen to how excited he gets in a second. I got a bunch of people that I like doing the podcast with. And Louis is good. You know, he's good. But he's doing more of that shock jock thing, which I'm trying to get away from. So I don't think that would really work. But he's got a good thing going. Wish him nothing but the best. 
Oh my god, five dollars just came in. Oh my fucking Does that god. fucking that, I didn't edit that oh. clip. That's how oh. he actually recorded that thing. Oh my Does god. Does that sum it up for you? Hey Opie, would you ever reach out to this famous person that you know pretty well? Yeah. And see if you guys could do something together? Oh my god, I wouldn't even consider that. Thanks for the five dollars! Oh, it's amazing! Wow. And and <laughs> Dude, I've never heard anything as insincere, insincere as how he just said, I wish him nothing but the best. Right. Oh, I wish Carl nothing but the best. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Carl's a great guitar player. Are you being sarcastic? No. Oh, boy. Jesus Christ. I have another clip of Jim Norton. I might have played this a little bit out of sync here. But this is more Jim responding to Opie's criticism. Oh, radio. I know. Why would I do characters on your radio show? You miss me playing. <laughs> that that you like you were like Mr. Amos doing characters. I don't know so why don't I would trouble. do characters on a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Ian Thompson is always with his multiple personality disorders. Multiple <laughs> personality disorder because you do characters on Wait, a show. Wait, so, so is it the acting ability? Is darling. it That's you? Cool. He didn't think that you thought you were Uncle Paul, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Opie's calling him out for having this personality disorder. Meanwhile, the one of the great things about Jim on that show was that he had a lot of different characters. One of them being Chip Chipperson, who went on to do his own show, obviously. Ah. Uh, but the good news is, guys, now that Opie is relaxed and he's gotten rid of the toxicity that was Anthony and Jim and Erock <laughs> and Sam and Rowan and everyone else on that show, yeah. he's funny again. Oh, and I think I've shown people through my podcast that I'm way more relaxed, enjoying myself, and uh, you know, and I, I will say it, and um, I'm I'm funny again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Based on what? Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. This is what this guy thinks in his head, and then says out loud. It's yeah. sad that he thinks it in his head. It's even sadder that he says it out loud. Jesus. And he says this. I'm really proud of my podcast. Really proud. Ugh. Why? Ugh. Your podcast is the worst. Good Lord. The only thing that I'm hoping, Crouch, is he said he's going out to L.A. Yeah. And people were asking him in the chat, oh, are you going to do any podcasts when you're out in L.A.? And they're throwing out all these names like Joe Rogan and Burt Kreischer and all these things. Yeah. And then Opie says this, and my fingers are crossed. Uh, Paulie Shore's Random Rants with Greg Opie Hughes. That'd be cool. I would do Paulie Shore's podcast. Yes, do it! Opie and Paulie Shore! Wow. Let's, let's turn that into a whole fucking show. Seriously. That is a dream team. Let's go. Wow. I want John with Seamus and Paulie Shore with Opie. That's every WATP bonus episode from here to eternity. Right. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double the cost of being on our Patreon <laughs> if and when this happens. Uh, this is the last clip I want to play, and I just have one issue with this. Oh, jeez, look what he just did. Oh, my. I think I'm babbling now. Uh, Probably should have ended this 10 minutes ago. I'm an idiot. The yeah. only thing wrong with that is that he said minutes instead of years. Yeah, yeah, no shit. You're just babbling, Opie. You have nothing left to give. Uh, we get it. Kroge, you have a couple of things on here that are more random. Would they qualify as like a... Cringe of the week. Cringe of the week. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. I got a pair for you, Carl. Beautiful. All right. So first up, uh, now the question that's been on your lips and everybody else's. Yeah. 
Ricky Gervais hosted the Golden Globes last weekend. Oh, really? No one even talks about that. And the question on everyone's mind is, what did Seamus think of this? Yes. Now, Seamus did six minutes that I have distilled down to 30 seconds, and I realize there's a lot going on in this clip, but try to stick with it, okay? This is the summary of what Seamus thinks about Ricky Gervais's performance. Ricky Gervais and the Golden Globes. And being a fan of film and the whole industry and just entertainment in itself, you couldn't help but to watch that. I did not see the Golden Globes because who cares? Who really gives a shit? But much like Ricky Gervais said, he doesn't care. So who gives a shit? He's going to say whatever he wants. Who cares about everything else? Not important to me. Because it is a trending topic, you weren't going to be able to avoid it. I don't know how trending it was. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, who gives a shit? I don't care at all. I really, I genuinely don't give a fuck. So... If you're keeping score at home, you had to watch it, but I didn't watch it. It's trending, but maybe it's not trending, and I don't care. Brilliant fucking analysis. Is he, is he doing Seamus. this on purpose? Dude, that was six minutes. Six minutes of that. I didn't cut out anything that meant anything. It was just him repeating that same shit over and over and over again. Seamus, podcasting is not for you, my no. friend. The English even, language. Even just conversing with people. Probably not something you should do. Comprehension not high in his list. I'll tell you skills. what. Just sit and listen for the next 15 years. Just yeah. listen. Just take it all in. Maybe have John, Stuttering John, show you how apostrophes work. I don't know. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would be the worst thing for this guy to listen to Stuttering John's podcast. All right, <laughs> I get jokes now. I've been listening to Stuttering John for the last three weeks. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Uh Speaking of which, I haven't seen the Twitter jokes that I asked for. Have you seen these getting populated in the Reddit or Discord? Unfortunately, no, but I'm oh, sure your people will get right on I do that. want to say, one of my favorite things that happened, I think it was this past week, is there is now a Seamus channel yes. in our Discord. Fuck Seamus yeah, there is. Watch channel. Oh. And that's my favorite thing to happen in our Discord. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Since Vic's elbow. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Thanks, I've been masturbating to that all week. So, the, the other one I got for you, this is from... Crozier's random bullshit file. There is a podcast called Rolling Stone Music Now, and it's fucking terrible. But they interviewed this dude, and I, it was two people. I didn't write their names down because fuck them. They are discussing the deceased SoundCloud rapper Juice World, who you and I are obviously huge fans of. Yeah. And how his music relates to emo music. And forget all the virtue signaling you're going to hear. Tell me if you've ever heard of vocal fry like this before. This is number 38. <laughs> All of that set up to just say, and by the way, this person has vocal well, fry. <laughs> it's, it's part of this conversation. Right, it enough. would make literally I love no that. Sense. I love that. Right. It's a, it's a lyrical trope. It's also, I mean, this is music made by a very young person. That too. As, of, as was a lot of the emo stuff. Exactly. Yeah. In yeah. both cases, you're dealing with sort of like yeah. late adolescent men who have their hearts broken and feel sad about it and express that in a way that's not, you know, super sophisticated or doesn't hold up to like deep scrutiny. Um, but is nonetheless authentic and real and resonates with people. This is the Rolling Stone magazine putting this out? Yeah, and it's it's Ugh. broadcast on SiriusXM. They make it a podcast. Oh, it's God. awful. Fucking damn it. Dude, he, the guy is saying a paragraph. He gets three words out and hits the vocal fry and keeps the vocal fry <laughs> yes. for the rest of the paragraph. I couldn't fucking believe it. He's like... I'm like, it sounded like a fucking frog going at it, dude. Unreal. I have to ask you this question. Yes. How did you find that clip? Are you listening to this podcast? Well, I like podcasts. Yes, you do. I like music. <laughs> I found a podcast about music. I'm like, let me hear what Rolling Stone Music Now sounds like. Yep. That's what it sounds like. I ain't listening anymore. Good to know. 
All right. We have done it all today. Oh, Gosh. have we ever. Holy shit. This feels like it's been a marathon. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> what did we talk about? I'm not even going to do a recap yeah, because I honestly don't know. Fuck it. I don't know what we talked about. I think David Lee Roth was in there somewhere. I hope we did a good enough job on that. But speaking of David Lee Roth, yeah. it's time for everyone's favorite segment. The teaser. All right, we're going to play a clip of the show that we'll be reviewing on next week's WATP. Lauren Lapkus, dude. She is so much fun. I adore her. She is one of the coolest people. God, do I say this every week? It sounds like I do, but you know, I get I'm in charge of who gets to come on the show. So it's all well, we, the coolest we both, people. Like, we both are. We both <laughs> We both are. But uh Lauren is someone that I have worked with before. I knew she was cool. And she's totally open to anything. So it makes her the perfect guest for this kind of show. Uh we did slam poetry. Sim, what did you think of I, our, I uh, love this episode. I cannot wait for everyone to enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. You know who that is, Crush? No. I didn't think so. I'm going to say the name and then see if you know who it is. You know who Topher Grace is? Tope from uh, uh, 70s show? That 70s show, yes. Is I'm impressed. doing a podcast where he interviews shitty comedians? Minor Adventures with Topher Grace. And he's doing slam poetry? It's a podcast suggestion that came in from Drew Lane. Back-to-back suggestions. Wow. Coming in from our new best friends in Detroit. I would rather hear a podcast of the other 70s show, Scientologist, that rapes everybody. That would be a show I'd listen to. Oh, maybe we can do that as well. Yeah. Is there a podcast about that? There should be. <laughs> Brian Ma- Rape Week with Brian Masterson, or whatever his name is. I haven't listened to a lot of this podcast yet. Th- yeah, thankfully. But it sounds like another one of these shows, like Dax Shepard, like dare I say Conan O'Brien, Yeah, where it's a celebrity who has a lot of friends and then they're able to invite them over to their house and record a 50-minute conversation that I wish I never heard. <laughs> because yeah. they talk about nothing. Yeah. Wow. It's people who are self-important talking about how important they are about themselves. Fucking slam poetry, though. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, that's that's the bottom of the barrel. I can't wait. I've heard that this show is atrocious, yeah. so I am looking forward to that. Crozier, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, this thanks for week. having me. Is there anything that you would like to promote, my friend? Yes, I'm going to be on the subreddit later. I am uh, Harry Limpinana. Come check it. Check. Come check me out. So please, join us again next week. It might be the show where we find out once and for all, who are these podcasts? Sleep well, everypony. Starting in the mush bits of morning radio. Mm. Okay. Great show. Good job, everybody. Great job, everyone. There were no laughs. None. Who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Masturbate. You're not charismatic. You fucking know all about this. You fucking know about this shit. You fucking know I don't know. I don't get it. Makes no sense. The only other thing that I wanted to talk about that I forgot was, and this was being discussed in our subreddit, our friend Stuttering John had a stand-up show, mm. 
at the Van Nuys Comedy Club at the Springbok Show. Or at the Springbok is the yeah. name of the place. And someone posted a picture of the stage. I saw that. <laughs> oh, God. So basically what it is, is it's a restaurant slash sports bar. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the corner, there is just a little triangle stage that's maybe uh, half a foot off the ground. Yeah. With a really sad single straight up microphone stand and giant screen TVs behind it. Oh, my God. Playing baseball. Oh, my God. And as someone who used to do sports bar happy hours with an acoustic guitar, even I was like, oh, wow, dude. <laughs> You've fallen far. And that was a show with like five or six comedians on Yeah. I think it's still coming up. Can, can somebody who lives out in LA please go to these fucking shows? I mean, yeah. come on. I, I'm not asking you to heckle. Yeah. I don't want you to communicate with this person. I just want footage. Yeah. So. Well, honestly, I want to steal all those jokes. <laughs> he almost, I almost did a spit take all over my fucking computer. This asshole caught me just as I was drinking my beer. God damn it. <laughs> Crows, let's talk about some voicemails. Yes, let's do it. You want I to want, sing about it, or you want? <laughs> I want to point out. I want to point out that almost everyone who called this week had uh, one bar reception, and we're in a windstorm. Perfect. So mostly unlistenable. I okay. didn't. I didn't pull any of those. Great. So if you don't hear your call, it's because it sounded like complete garbage, or it was really boring and stupid. Yeah, which is actually always the case. Uh, some guy feels bad that the Bills lost, which I appreciate. Last week I was out here talking about, I got to watch the Bills game. I'm excited yeah. about the Bills. They're in the playoffs. Yeah. And that was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carl. I uh, just wanted to call and say I'm very sorry for your loss. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I know it must be tough. Yeah. Uh, sucks, man, but it happens to everybody. Yeah. And uh, also, yeah, the uh, podcast better not be fucking late this Sunday. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That person didn't actually care about the Bills at all. Yeah, I think Damn Buffalo it. fans are used to that, right? They really I mean, let me down. Used to playing in the playoffs? No! No, used to getting <laughs> their fucking hearts crushed. Yeah, used to losing, yes, for sure. Um, all right, this is Reese the Beast. Now, Reese the Beast, as you may know, is an Australian gentleman. Huge fan of the show. Yeah. And, of course, the entire WATP community is concerned about his well-being. Of course. With the tragic fires that have engulfed that entire continent yeah or as my sister called it on facebook island (laughs) island of australia (laughs) oh man Uh, (laughs) i don't think she listens to our show and i sure as shit hope she doesn't get this far in yeah all right this is uh reese the beast letting us know he's okay hi carl it's reese the beast here again i called yesterday while getting molested by tim allen (laughs) <laughs> um, I just wanted to say quickly, um, as you know, Australia is currently burning to the ground. That's pretty fucked up. So I just wanted to say, Tim, the other Australian fan, I uh, hope you're all right, mate. Uh, call in, leave a voicemail so I know you're safe, because I'm uh, worried about you, mate. And uh, lastly, fuck you, Scott Morrison. Uh, Scott Morrison's <laughs> our Prime Minister, and he's a hopeless cunt, so fuck you. Anyway, there you go. Fantastic. I give that call three flaming koalas. <laughs> well, you would not be alone. As you may or may not know, Vic is not a fan of Australians. Yeah, oh, yeah. So people in the Discord are, are asking her if she's the one who started the fires. <laughs> After she raped Fran Drescher? Yeah, I know. I, I she did, did call in with uh, with this about Australia. 
Hey, Carl, fuck you, it's Vic. <laughs> anyway, so you have some listeners in Australia. Um, For the low price of filming a video of yourself lighting Australia on fire, um, I'll put a nude out. <laughs> That's it, because I think I've made it clear of my hatred for Australia, and, you know, it's already on fire, but could be bigger. <laughs> All right. Wow. Send me those videos. Call me back. All right. Wow, Vic outdoing herself yeah. in just her hatred for this entire country. Yeah, seriously. Um, so no. I, don't, I don't know if you know what that's based on. I'm I'm sure you do. This Kaylin Ward Instagram model. Oh, yeah, yeah. Said she would send you a nude if you donated $10 to the Australian fund. And raise like three quarter of a million or something, Up right? to 700000 Yeah, that's amazing. Up to 700000 for that. So I can only imagine... What kind of damage Vic is going to do with this offer of nudes? Well, in the Instagram model's defense, finding pictures of naked women on the internet, very difficult. Very difficult to do. Worth $10 every single time. Oh, yeah. I can think of a way that I would be able to keep that $10 <laughs> within about three and a half minutes. Yeah. I would no longer care about it. All right. Uh, here's a question about... And I, I want to say, this is the official Vic segment of the show, as yeah. it's become. There is... Almost zero Vic talk this week. So I'm, really? I'm guessing that that call right there might reignite that. Yeah, I was going to say, why did I even move it again? Show because up today. I know, it's weird, but people were, people were kind of bored with the whole Vic narrative. And now we're, we're more concerned about other things. I assume this person was listening to, to Who's Right. Hey, Carl, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate how if you bring something up from a previous episode, you take the time to actually go through and bring everybody up to speed. I was listening to this fucking podcast the other day, and the guests just kept bringing up inside jokes, and, like, nobody got it, and it was really sad. And I'm glad I don't have to put up with this when I watch WATP. Anyway, good job. Call me back. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it is something that I take pride in. I was talking to a friend of mine whose first name may or may not be Eddie. <laughs> and he was explaining to me how confused he is by our podcast, how he has no idea what's going on. And I literally explained what we're doing ad nauseum yeah. every single episode. Yeah. We are going to talk about this show. It's hosted by these people. Now we're going to talk about this thing. I, this thing happened last week on our show. That's why I'm talking about that. I couldn't explain it more. Yeah. But it's still confusing to certain people out there. Yeah. Go yeah. figure. All right, PJ makes great song parodies, but not everyone agrees. Yeah, PJ should stop doing the song parodies, or at least, Carl, you should quit playing them. Um, they're very long, um, wow. they're poorly sung. Wow. There's what? a shit ton of shoehorning done in there, and it's, wow. it's really boring to listen to. Fuck. So, um, yeah, just uh, stop making song parodies. It's not 1997 anymore. <laughs> Dude, when are you going to load a my song parody for today? Holy I shit. totally disagree with that. <laughs> All right. This person has a critique for the isotopes. Crush. Really? I know. Hey, Carl. I try to listen to the isotopes wow. in SoundCloud, and every fucking track sounds exactly the same. <laughs> so, work on that, maybe. And. So I started reading the description on SoundCloud and, and it says the isotopes have been crafting quote unquote brutal face melting 
instrumental rock and roll since 2001. And, well, it's not brutal. It's not face melting. What? It's not rock and roll, and I hope it's How not since you? 2001, because holy fuck, that's a long time for... Yeah, it is a long time. Yeah, no shit, buddy. The good thing is instrumental, because I don't have to listen to your voice, for fuck's sake. I, I would rather listen to your ear-piercing screaming <laughs> in the podcast <laughs> rather than fucking music. So, yeah, that's it. You forgot about my slide whistle. Yeah. My slide whistling skills. Who doesn't want to hear that? Last week we had a show, Doug versus Doug. Oh, that was amazing. It was great. Yeah. I was really impressed by how both of those guys were so brutal to each other's co-hosts. Yeah. It was yeah. so fucking funny. Great. So funny. And by the way, since then, Doug from Good Times Great Movies mm-hmm. has been making the rounds. I think he's guested on 17 podcasts since then. No shit. Yeah. Everyone wants to talk to this guy. He's the hottest guy on the internet right Hot now. commodity now. Yeah. Uh, this person thinks that that was a ripoff of a bit done on another show. Hey, Carl, I just late listened to the latest episode. Uh, I don't know, I just didn't hit the same uh, itch that the normal show format scratched for me. Uh, I don't know. I think the Dick Show did something similar a while back to see who got on their network or whatever. Wow. I think it was Thought Cops and Not for Human Consumption or some shit like that. Uh, call me back. Bye. First off. I don't know how anyone's disappointed in that episode. I did very little talking. Yeah. <laughs> it was mostly Doug and Doug ragging at each other, which yeah, was no great. Shit. And he's right. And I didn't even think of this, to be honest with you. But about a year or so ago, Dick had the Thought Cops go up against Not For Human Consumption, two different podcasts, battle each other on a show to win a place on his network. Oh, no kidding. And it was not nearly as entertaining yeah. as Doug versus Doug. Uh, well... This week you got to hear me, PJ, David Lee Roth, and Stuttering John all sing completely out of key. That's so true. You are the winner this week, kind sir. Maybe I should start singing a few tunes here. <laughs> here is a white supremacist Ooh. who doesn't like being called a white supremacist. What? Hey, Carl. It's kind of funny how you assume that the one voicemailer who corrected a name pronunciation and gave a podcast recommendation is a white supremacist. That would be like if you called me a faggot for listening to WATP. Fair point. The fuck was the point of that? I don't know if you remember this, but last week, yeah. a guy said his name is Micah Knock. The guy who listens to the White Supremacist show right. doesn't want to be called a white supremacist. He goes, but he goes, if you want to hear a really good white nationalist show, you should yeah. listen to this thing. Oh, uh, okay. So he's white nationalist. <laughs> I don't know. Guns N' Roses fan? What are we supposed to call these people? <laughs> I don't know how that works. Um, Nico, who, I don't know if you know about Nico, but he's on the lam. Okay. His mom's still looking for him. Marissa Jones can't help him. The missing child, Nico, of course. (laughs) The missing child who's actually an adult and had sex with an underage girl. Oh, yeah. And is wanted for rape. Yeah. He no longer wants to be known as a rapist, and I understand that. Who among us? Hey, Carl, it's me, Nico. Love your last podcast. I didn't listen to any of it besides the voicemail. Um, <laughs> last week I was referred to as the resident rapist of the voicemail segment yeah. or something to that extent. So I don't like that title, so I'm going to try and, and 
stay away from from raping at this point, and 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 I want to be known for something different than that. Good idea. So before I said I was going to rape uh, the Fran Drescher impersonators, yeah, it would ah. be a waste of time to rape the actress because yeah, been I there, mean, done that. I mean that that bridge has been crossed already. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to start killing people, okay. and I'm yeah. going to start with the uh, Fran Drescher impersonators. Good so idea. they're probably not going to be calling in uh, soon, uh, hopefully, uh, because I'll be killing them. Perfect. Can we add uh, Boomer Guy to the list? Yeah. That's all I got to say. Now uh, – Oh, yeah. I'm going to be in Rochester, oh, uh, near the, in the Rochester area uh, later later Ooh. in the week. So uh, hit me up. You know, yeah, it's not we could go. Uh, we could go raping kids and stuff. <laughs> anyway, call me back, man. Now it, it, I thought he didn't want to rape. What, you, what just happened? You there? just need a little rebranding. Yes. In the U.S. military, they don't call it rape. They call it a struggle snuggle. <laughs> so for some reason, I believe that is probably a true thing. Only crows would know. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the guy who sang "Danny Boy." This was, I want to say, last summer. Yeah, that's a guy back there. called in and sang "Danny Boy" just beautifully. Oh, amazing! Really melted my heart. Yeah. Well, he has high praise for our friend PJ, <laughs> and I gotta say, of the people who sing on this show, <laughs> those are the two at the top of the list. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Hey, what's going on, buddy? That Danny Boy kid, I sang that shit. Anyway, uh, fucking love hearing PJ make that fucking amazing ass music mm. uh, uh, PJ this is to you I love your voice I want to help you become a beautiful butterfly hit <laughs> me up if you want to learn some singing tips anyway uh, it's fucking hilarious you're bringing on Vic I think she's fucking retarded not like that music shit anyway uh, uh, bye alrighty then unfortunately PJ does not listen to this segment of the show yeah. unless it's by accident that's true but, PJ, there's an invitation to learn how to sing. Well, so there you, know, you go. Kind of ruin his magic, though. You know what I mean? It would. I, I wouldn't enjoy it that much. He's got a very uh, organic style. It's true. That could only be ruined by training. This guy calls back in because he felt weird about his voicemail. <laughs> Dude, it's the it's Danny Boy kid again. I, I think I put on some kind of New York accent. What the fuck was that? Anyway, bye. I get that a yeah. lot. People, you know, you, you call in, you're like, fuck, why did I just do that? Yeah. I'll get people to say, please don't play that last one. Yeah. I just went on there. It's like, all right, we'll definitely play They it. sober up. They dial the phone. What the fuck? Yeah. Nobody's ever sobered up. I haven't <laughs> seen that happen yet. People are concerned about how my wife feels about all of these female listeners that we have. Carl, this is your wife calling you. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I apologize. <laughs> I forgot. This is actually my wife calling. <laughs> yeah. It makes more sense. Carl, this is your wife calling you. Hey, honey. Um, I don't appreciate this fucking Vic and Fran calling you all the time. So if you want, if you don't want to sleep on the couch tonight, call me back and we'll try to work this out. <laughs> all right. I will call you back, <laughs> Mrs. Carl. Yeah. Sounds good. I just have one more voicemail to play. All right. It came in this morning. I forgot to write down what it's about. Probably what? the bills. Let's see. Hey, Carl, how about them bills? Yeah. Man, Josh Allen really shit his pants at the end there. He sure did. Yeah. Right, call me back. All right, fair enough. Croge, thanks again for coming on. Oh, thank you. You have provided a closer for us, which is something that I always need. I have a hard time ending these shows after the voicemail segment. So I want to thank you again for 
coming over, doing a shit ton of prep work, listening to all of an entire episode of Stuttering John. Yeah. Which I don't even know why you would do that, but I very much appreciate it. My and, pleasure. And we'll have you back again. I definitely want to do a bonus episode. Sweet. I want to, I want to get more into what uh, Seamus is up to and his take on Ricky Gervais. And uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and for playing along in the Discord. Yeah, no one likes this part of the show. You guys should all just kill yourselves. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> all right.